Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. What's along what you can and cannot say on a billboard? I'd do anything to catch your daughter's killer. I don't think those billboards is very fair. The police is too busy eating Krispy Kremes to solve actual crime. What's the matter with you saying that stuff on TV? Go, girl. There's a lot of good friends at the sheriff. Oh, ah! You didn't drill a little hole in the dentist today, did you? Of course not. Three billboards. Rated R. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. We are back yes. for, for another episode. Yeah, well, like it or not, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's right. So, um, hi. Hi. Welcome to week two of our Oscar reviews here at Movie Sucktastic. Yes, sir. Yeah, this week, uh, anyway. episode 264, we'll be done. Jesus. No, we won't be downloading. I almost said, we'll be downloading! No. <laughs> we will be reviewing three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, about fucking time. Uh, yeah, this is a long review coming. Scott let me know when he saw it. He goes, hey, do you think you can go see this film? And I'm like, I gotta find time. And even if I could, I don't know, blah, 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 this and this and that. And just he's been asking me to see it so we can review it and we were actually going to review this even before it was nominated for an oscar because scott had seen it that long ago this is at least a month now mm -hmm. and uh i had said listen i'm pretty positive that it's going to get nominated for a best picture and he said oh, i don't know maybe maybe not this and this and that i said listen it's going to be nominated it is absolutely going to be nominated for best picture and sure enough here we are uh, thank you God, because it, it is much, much, much deserving of a nomination. 
I think it's this year's, possibly like this year's Nocturnal Animals, except it actually did get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, that's why I didn't think it would get it, because, you know, they normally kind of scoop stuff like this under the carpet. But, uh, I, I mean, honestly, I don't think there were that many great movies this year that were worthy of Oscar nominations. So uh, little, smaller films like this were able to get the attention they deserved. Well, you know, I think, and, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, Nocturnal Animals was my favorite film of 2016. I did not, of all the films that I've seen that year, that, that I did not like a film more than that one. I, and I think it was a real, a real disservice that that film wasn't nominated for Best Picture. I really do. But they, and I'm not going to say they, there was an agenda to be attended to, but there, there was definitely some films that agenda. was going to, well, there's definitely some films that were going to be excluded so that other films, other films could be included. Well, and, and again, um, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, the film, what was the one with the, uh, the, the, what was the film with the women that, uh, that, that uh, helped NASA? I, I, oh, um, it, uh, begin, uh, begin uh, uh, figures. Hidden, Hidden figures. Hidden figures, there you go. Yeah, the, I, I liked, the I, meaning title. Yeah, I liked that movie, but there's no fucking way that's better than Nocturnal Animals. Just no fucking way. But yeah, we know I, why it was nominated, because Hollywood deservedly so has gotten a lot of fucking flack for the the types of films that they nominated over over other films the 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 the, the worst the the problem with that is last year films like nocturnal animals suffered because of it Mm -hmm. it's uh, that's the unfortunate uh, in order to make progress that's the unfortunate uh sacrifice that was made so when you see a film like three billboards and it's nominated and has a pretty decent chance of actually winning best picture it's a, you know it's it's pretty neat what this film yeah it's not gonna win best picture it's not but i think no. it's 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 definitely in the top three no no oh, not even close yeah i think so no i i mean just as far as realistically no it's like this like it's like i think there's a better chance of it winning than get out which we'll be reviewing after this episode. That's right, and I, I but, really enjoyed Get Out too. But we'll talk about it when right. we do that one. But um, well, tell you what, since I've seen this film already a while ago, and yeah. you just watched it recently for the review, please jump out with your first impressions. I want to hear what you think of this film. I'm so I'm dying to know what there. I my list of people who I give a shit what they think of a film is very short. It can fit on one piece of paper, single sided. Well, I'll tell you what. You obviously are at the top of that list. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Well, first and foremost, I did not get a Coen Brothers feel from this film. Really? I mean, it had some slight elements, but I was not getting a Coen Brothers feel from this movie. Well... Because well, a lot of people... A lot of people... When you say Coen Brothers... Yeah. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's it's fine. It's fine. Uh, A lot of people were... Specifically, the ending. I mean, that's about as Coen Brothers as I think I felt for this movie. Um, oh, and I mean to say real quick, yeah, for everybody, anybody listening, uh, we are going to have a hard spoiler alert at the end of this episode to talk about the ending. So don't worry. There's no not going to be any major spoilers, but we're going to spoil the fuck out of the ending once we get to it. So we're saving that for last. Okay. Because I want to talk about it. No, I, and I want to talk about the ending of Get Out Two, 
I don't know. We'll be we'll we'll see if we're on board about that one in the next episode. But yeah, uh, as far as a, a lot of people were saying that this movie, they thought it was a Coen Brothers film, and with the way it ended, they really thought it was a Coen Brothers film. So now th- they had this this I don't know this misconception about the movie that I think would have been better received. This is by a lot of people that didn't like the film. Uh, That would have been better received had they just known going in that it wasn't a Coen Brothers film. And on top of that, there's a lot of people saying that the film is racist and it's sexist. And uh, Dixon's character, which is played by Sam Rockwell, he... they they, Stop, stop. You know what? I know what you're going to say. Save talking about that till the spoiler part. Fine. Okay. Because 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 a lot of the criticism of the film has to do with the ending, and that's going to come into play with that. And I will. I do want to. Uh, and and what I do want to approach is first of all, when you say you didn't think it, you didn't feel like it had a Coen Brothers feel to it. Right. When you're thinking Coen Brothers films, what films are you thinking? Because maybe that's where we're splitting up here. Because I'm not. When I say this had a Coen Brothers feel, I'm not talking Hudsucker Proxy, uh, the you know the Lady Killers. I'm right. talking. Uh, um, Oh, I know. Blood simple. Blood simple. Blood. Blood. Yeah, Uh, blood simple with a bit of Fargo mixed in. Fargo, maybe some elements of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Very little of that. Maybe, Uh, maybe cinematography wise, you you might get a little of that. Not so much Oh Brother, but I mean, so I mean, Coen Brothers films. Some are lighter, some are darker, and I feel when I say it has a Coen Brothers feel, I mean that darker kind of blood simple uh, Fargo feel. Uh, now Fargo has a very special stylized feel to it, and it's yeah. kind of you know it's kind of an anti you know it's got its own well, little cosmos it's in, so it's kind of hard to make that connection. But that's what I, I mean by it. I don't think uh, it I'm helps. I'm going to argue though that when we what? No, I was just going to say I don't think it helps that Frances McDormand is in this movie. Not that she's amazing in the film, but she is a Coen Brothers favorite. So you exactly. automatically that just gravitate true. to that, saying, "Oh, this might must be a Coen's brother movie." That means and, that, yeah. I mean, I, I knew it wasn't a Coen Brothers film, but I definitely got that vibe. The one thing I'm going to say, though, and I will argue my case when, when we hit spoiler section, sure. is that people that are saying that the ending was a Coen Brothers ending strongly disagree, <laughs> and I will prove it. I will on a on a fucking graph. I will explain how it's not a Coen Brothers, a typical Coen Brothers ending. I I can't wait for so, it. So. I mean, so now I'm not going to argue with with you because, like I said, I didn't get a heavy Coen's Brothers feel. And when I said earlier, as about as Coen Brothers as I felt towards the movie was the ending. It in that in that no in that no way makes me feel that it was a Coen Brothers ending. So I'm but, going to but, agree with you when we talk about it. Is all I'm saying. Right, but I, I when you when you first said yeah, the ending felt kind of Coen Brothersy. I was like that was like the least Coen Brothersy part of it. But anyway. Well, maybe just... What's the film about, Joey? The film is about Francis Mc, uh, Francis McDormand's character, Mildred. Her daughter dies. She is raped, Di- murdered, and... She's raped and burned. Yeah, yeah. And she... They, her, her daughter, it, it, you know, that's done to her. Months go by. I think it's close to a year at this point, uh, or it is a year, and nothing has happened. There are no arrests. There is no one being charged. They kind of, the, the case has gone stale. So she gets an idea of putting up these three billboards right in town uh, where a lot of people are, can drive through and see. And 
it stirs up a lot of attention, specifically for the Ebbing Police Department. So I heard that. Yeah, I don't know who that <laughs> is. It's prob. I had to kill my Plex server, and that's probably what it. No, it's not that. Okay, never mind. It's work. Work is texting me. <laughs> anyway, but no, I had to c kill my Plex server, and because the the CPU, the show was gonna crash and burn if I didn't. People know Thursday nights, no Plex. Come on, doing a show here. Anyhow, so so that's a, that's so that's, that's the, the plot in a nutshell. What? That's the plot yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the film is really is is, is a strong character study. Very much so, uh, and, and it's why it's been nominated for uh, an Oscar for a, uh, original screenplay. Yeah, uh, and the screen the screenwriting is fucking amazing. Now, one thing I want to point out is that there's a scene early in the film. Actually, it's like the second scene in the film when she when uh, she goes to uh, rent out the billboards, and the young kid that runs the sign company uh, is reading a book. Uh, <sighs> Again, so oh, I, just, I, I, just, I have a snapshot just, in the slideshow. I forget what it is. I just reread it because of the movies, and so why why I would be able to forget the name now? Um, it's uh, a good man is hard to find by Flannery uh, O'Connor. Ah, and uh, Flannery O'Connor's writing uh, obviously reflects strongly in this film, not as far as the film's based on anything by Flannery O'Connor, but that it has her. Her, that has uh, there's a violence and a raw rawness to it, but there's also a spiritual component. I mean, Flannery O'Connor was more. Uh, Flannery O'Connor wrote for people that don't know the author. Uh, what she wrote was were kind of like um, uh, Christian fiction, but untypical of Christian fiction at the time. It wasn't blatant. It was undertones. It was uh, it, it, it never did, except for one or two stories. She never came right out and like said, uh, "God, you know, is, God is greater," like that. <laughs> but there was, and everybody in her stories were like nasty people, very ugly, like the ugly, nasty Southern, or like there, there were no real heroes. And some of that reflects in this film, where like there, there's very few uh, truly positive people, but they're all very real. Right, and the person reading that book in that scene, his name is uh, Caleb Landry uh -huh. Jones, who is also in Get Out. He's the brother of the sister. Oh obviously. shit! I didn't even make that connection. I saw Get Out a while ago. Right. So well, I, I, I watched. I watched Get Out last night, and I'm like, holy shit! That's as far as I can tell without wa seeing the rest of the Oscar films because I haven't yet. That is the second instance of the same actor in more than one best picture film and that's timothy chalamet in ladybird but he's also in call me by your name he plays the love interest in that and then mm -hmm. caleb landry jones is all is in this in three billboards and he's also in get out and i that's just the two connections i've made so far i haven't seen the rest of the films so i don't know if there are m multiple uh actors in other films as well i know these two it's just also, it's also ironic that we're pairing Call Me By Your Name and Lady Bird, and those two actors are in that film, or that one actor is right. in both, and then we just happen to coincidentally pair three billboards and get out, and the same actor is in both of those as well. Right, because we definitely didn't do that. And, and although, well, we didn't, 
<laughs> and it's not. Well, we should we should be lying and saying we did. Yeah. But anyway, saying we're geniuses, um, but we are. Well, we are. Dude, but don't let you let like you're letting all the secrets out. It's just like ridiculous. Breaking down that fourth wall. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's interesting that it worked out that way, and even though they're small parts, they're important parts in both of these movies. This uh, the Caleb uh, Landry Jones in both films. The, they're both important. There are are no small parts, just small actors. You could just have left it at no small parts. You could <laughs> have. You could have. That. There, there is no fun in that. <laughs> Show people are just mean. <laughs> that could be the best line in all of all the Oscar films this year. So far. So far, so although far. I do have well, actually, my favorite line in Get Out. We could talk about it in Get Out. but Now, now, I would be hard-pressed to think of a favorite line in uh, Three Billboards. Three Billboards is has some of the best fucking dialogue. And I have a feeling that uh, what, when I finally get around to watching I, Tanya, that the two might be on par. Yeah, I hear really amazing things about uh, I, Tanya. Yeah. Specifically Margot Robbie, who they kind of... Ugly is not the right word, but they kind of toned down her... Because she's very uh, pretty, beautiful, if you really want to get down to it. And they tried to tone that down, and well, they, it's, they, they, they it's hard. She's still so... It's not like what they did with Charlize Theron and Monster. I was just going to say that. They didn't, like, uglify her as much as they just, like... they, they It's like, instead of just making her pretty, they, to try to make it look like she wasn't pretty, but she's trying to be. Or, even better, that... That there's no there's like an ugliness inside that that pretty can't cover up. Like there's it's, a there's a there's an edge to that face. Yeah, there there it's yeah. This, you just can't. She went from like a ten to like a solid seven in I Tanya. That's, sex, that's <laughs> sexist, and I can't support that kind of talk. But uh, <laughs> sure, me too. What? No. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Um, uh, but everybody in this film. Uh, that's why you got so many people nominated. I mean, again, Samuel. Uh, Sam, Sam Rockwell, Rockwell uh, and uh, Woody Harrelson, Francis McDormand. It's nominated for best director. It's, it's actually easier. It's actually easier to list who wasn't nominated in this oh, fucking wait. film. You know what? I don't think it is nominated for best director. I think that's one of the films that isn't. I actually don't have the list on in front of me because I got I it. it upstairs. I got it in front of me. I'm scrolling okay. through. It, you know what? I, I I hate. It's just. Yeah, no, it's not nominated for Best Director. Um, it's definitely for Best Screenplay. And again, uh, the dialogue is great. Uh, I hate the fact that... Um, ch- uh, what is it? Chickless? Chitless? The, mid- the dwarf. It's Peter Dinklage. Dinklage, Dinklage, yeah. I, I hate that <laughs> Dinklage is in it because, because he is a great actor. He is. He really uh, is. But... I, but I have been sour on him ever since I read that one quote from him uh, about him being, you know, oh, you know, people say I'm lucky. It's like, I'm not lucky. So, yeah, you're fucking lucky. You're a handsome dwarf. There aren't many of them. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, but, I mean, I've been a fan of his ever since the station agent. I mean. is that That's the one that took place film. in Jersey, right? Uh, I, I think it takes place in Jersey. I mean, yeah. he's from New Jersey. Uh, and that's I, I have a soft spot for, for that. that. Yeah. Um, and I have a soft spot for films that take place in New Jersey. It, I don't. That's why I'm moving to Texas. <laughs> uh, I do. 
And I, the way I love time travel, the way you love time travel even more than I love time travel, is the uh, way I love films that depict New Jersey. Now, there is a movie called Brave New Jersey, which is about the um, Orson Welles, the, uh, uh, the radio broadcast that he did for War of the Worlds. And mm -hmm. there was a small part or for a small period of time, people thought it was really happening. That's what that radio broadcast did. Well, apparently, there was a town in New Jersey, according to lore, that actually like went crazy and really thought that we were being invaded by Martians. Well, this movie well, is... Well, that's a... where the invasion was taking place, was Corbis Mill, New Jersey. Right. So they went you know, nuts about it. So well, they, this movie... Well, thought the aliens were right next door. Well, yeah, and I'm not saying that they didn't weren't justified about going nuts, but sounds like you are a little bit. But anyway, it's like let's be smarter about this shit. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, the movie is about that, and I was like, oh, cool, takes place in New Jersey. Maybe I'll see some locales filmed in Tennessee. And I was like, what? Why is it filmed? And then I watch like the trailer for it, and it's all dirt roads. It's like a country kind of atmosphere because it's out in the boonies. So I'm like, yeah, I guess New Jersey is so fucking built up <laughs> that they couldn't accurately film that movie in New Jersey. So I kind of forgave it a little bit. But I can't watch it because it's not actually taking place in New Jersey. I just It's just my thing. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I can't I do it. There's nowhere in New Jersey. There's no dirt roads. It would actually cost money for them to build a set or fake houses on these dirt roads when they could just go to Tennessee and do it for it's, nothing. It's interesting that your love for New Jersey films didn't help you with One for the Money. It didn't. Did we review that? We did. <laughs> yeah, we did. we did. We did. That was a challenge, yeah. too. And you know what you I know thought? How I know? Because I, I finished watching that fucking film. That's how I know. <laughs> Please. <sighs> Come on. Anyway. She should be in a home. <laughs> grandma, anyway, fucking uh, grandma. Three billboards. Oh, every, uh, every, every, like, out of nowhere, Mary would just start laughing out loud. And I'd be like, what did grandma do? <laughs> it's just like fucking <laughs> stupid ass books, stupid storyline, stupid characters. You know, you know what's, yeah, I read the first book. It's based on, and we did this before. There's actually they, everything that was funny in the book, they totally made unfunny in the film. <laughs> like, they just didn't understand subtle comedy or whatever. Right. It was just right. it was fucking horrible. Anyway, anyway, three billboards. Three billboards. Uh, uh, there is, there is, uh, there is coarse language. There is blood. There is violence. There were at least two scenes where I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it says, oh, what's that? Is it? Oh, uh, now I, I wouldn't say that there are many surprises, but there are a few. There are a few. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, also, if you're if you're fans of, um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh yeah, the mom, mom has a major role in the film. <laughs> I don't know about major, but it's big enough for me to go. Max, mom. <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, it's like her her entire career is smoking and going. Eh. I lean over to Mary Ellen and I, because she watched it with me, and because she noticed her, because she watches Always Sunny with me, I lean over uh, to her and I go, I think she's being typecast. <laughs> you know, but then, you know, so I'm like, all right, let me go on IMDb and check out her career, and like, holy shit, she's a fucking, she's like a major player in, in like stage, like, uh, uh, I'm not just, surprised. She, 
she's like like she's like produced directed plays as well as starred she's like a major force it's like she's obviously in that in that show because like they knew her as act as young actors Right. Yeah, she, well, her, she, just she's just fucking. She's got an amazing fucking career. And she's probably and she's just like in the, the. She's like the smoking hag. <laughs> well, <laughs> and 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 what's well, I don't know if it's sad because she wouldn't be doing it if she didn't think it was a. Oh. You know, Sunny was funny, and this was an important film or a good film. Oh yeah. But she might only be remembered, not only by a certain crowd, of the Always mm-hmm. Sunny in Philadelphia. You know, Max Mom. And maybe the mom from Sam Rockwell in this, especially if he wins the Best Supporting Oscar. Right. Because anytime he talks about his mom in this film, he starts to stutter. Because you could, you get that notion that he's a mama's boy, and he's protective, and he, everyone thinks but, that his mom rules his life, and he gets that kind of nervous tick and starts to stutter a little bit. He oh, there there's so much now. Nothing in this film is accidental. Every, no. There's so much fucking subtext going on, and so many. One thing that I picked up on with Sam Rockwell's character eventually, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm misreading it, but you know that, like, it's it's pointed out fairly early that he's not that bright, and it's an ongoing right. joke with him as a character. Uh, and one thing that happens, I, I and I feel like this isn't giving anything away. It's why I'm, it's one of the things I'm going to say is that they early on make fun of him because he's reading comic books. Uh, and they show oh, right. him reading comic books throughout the film. We're talking like uh, like little Lulu type comic books, not even cool stuff like X Men. And <laughs> yeah, seriously, and so, but w- later on, and this is one of those things where the, the character gets more depth as you go through the film because you learn more about him. And like the second half of the film, I'm trying not to ruin certain parts of it. They show him reading comic books still, and after a while, what I like is that they kind of point out that even though this man is not that smart. There is something in him that drives him to like, like he's reading. He's a voracious reader. He's reading children level stuff, but his, his intellect does not hold him back from that. There is passion and desire there to, to like, to do something. He just is incapable of doing it. And that's like the tragic flaw in that character. Right, and when we get to talking about the ending, we can we can elaborate on that. Go a further. Bit more. Well, you can yeah. see why I'm I'm holding back on a lot of stuff because they're you know they're so I mean, uh, with even with um, uh, uh McD- Francis, what's the actress name? Francis McDormand, Mildred. Francis McDormand, yeah, Mildred. Even that character, I mean, I love the fact that they show like you know her her husband was abusive. Uh, she's <laughs> She's got attitude problems. She's mean and nasty. Uh, but there's so much other things going on. I don't think it's accidental that the fact that the shop she runs is a is like a souvenir store that sells cheap little knickknacks. Oh, because right. it's all superfluous. It's all like she's surrounded by meaningless items. Yeah. Because the only meaningful item that she has was raped and burned alive. Well, and her son, <laughs> you know? too. But, of course, she's harping. Yeah. She, well, not harping. She's focusing on her daughter. Uh, you could but, tell all the meaningful things are the things she surrounds herself with, like in her house, her garden. You know, when she sits on that swing, you can tell that that's a meaningful thing because there's two of them. She probably mm-hmm. sat on that swing with one of her kids, specifically her daughter, on many different occasions. So the, And every time... 
there's a reason why that is focused. And, and, and notice, like, she'll be alone on that swing. And uh, there are two, I think there are two separate occasions where someone comes to sit on one of those swings. Sure. And it just yeah. shows, that in, in both of those instances, it's a moment where she's letting somebody in. She's an isolated person. But in both of those scenes, that person comes in. And in one of those scenes, she drives that person away. So she's the only one sitting on that swing again. That's right. And That's right. But the second time... I mean, there's, it's it's just like hell or high water. Uh, nothing in the background is accidental. Nothing about what these characters do or what they have is. This is like craftsmanship screenwriting. Yeah, the film is. There's so much I want to talk about that I can't because I don't want to ruin a lot of it. Sure. I mean, um, you could tell that the director sat down with the um, uh, sat down with the storyboard artist and and really laid it out. And oh, yeah. then, of course, now, I, I can guarantee you that the director had a very close uh, relationship with the cinematographer to talk about what he wanted and how he wanted it, and the cinematographer delivered it. Well, well, the writer was also the director, so definitely. I said cinematographer, and I said storyboard. I know, artist. no, no, I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying he is the director as well. Oh, oh I thought you were being sarcastic. Uh, no, yes, no, no, no. I'm saying, yeah, right, he's the writer-director, so he's he's got his hands on everything, and writer-directors either, uh, you know, writer-directors right. usually are the ones that pull off shit this good because they're well, they've got they're controlling so much of well, the narrative. It's Martin McDonough who who has done other really good films like Seven Psychopaths and In Bruges, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and then he's done this. I mean, I'm looking. Uh, is there anything else that I missed? I, well, Th those I, are the big ones. You know, what, what, well, what's funny is it's in Bruges, Seven Psychopaths. I it was in Bruges. It's probably in Bruges. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Okay. Uh, three billboards. So it, it's just every single one of those are really, really good films. He um, wrote all of them, too. So I'd say, I, I, I would say out of all of them, this one is the best. I would say that, yeah. Uh, I, I would call In Bruges In a Bruges. close second. Um, yeah. yeah, close second. Yeah. But uh, and I like Seven Psychopaths. Oh, I do too, but I don't think it's as brilliant. I think it's good, but I think it's a it, it's more yeah. fun than it is. I I agree. The, I'm on the, board. The, yeah, I mean, and I would put Three Billboards up alongside uh, Nocturnal Animals and like Nightcrawler. Except out of the three of those films, this one is the most one most likely to entertain non-art house audiences. Out of the three films, Three Billboards is the one my mother will watch and enjoy. <laughs> and not knocking my mother when I say that. She, Nocturnal Animals is not a film for my parents, I don't think. Uh, I don't know how. Um, There's just That movie is just oozing. Everything that this movie does, that movie does as well. And I think even more... They're, they're just what nocturnal animals. I mean, remember when we were talking about it last year when we were talking about the color green, just yeah. the color green, the, the car. It just, it's just so symbolic throughout the entire I, film. Like, it's like we mentioned here, nothing is by accident. I, I think, unlike nocturnal animals, uh, I think. Three Billboards is, a, is like an art house film with a lot of depth and meaning to it, and a lot of cinema, 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 cinema a lot of visuals. <laughs> okay. But uh, it also doesn't demand 
a, a strong attention span. This is this is true. You know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot happening. You don't really have much time to slow down. Yeah, no, you're you're right with that. Uh, if you you know you don't pay attention for five minutes in nocturnal animals, you're like, what the fuck? What's happening? You really and need takes, to. It, you need to be on and your one game. scene can take ten minutes in that film, but where this one, yeah. everything you know. Yeah, no, everything. Now, are, is are we at a point where we want to do the spoiler section? Yeah, I I, I got to start working on the soundboard again. I actually have it still, and I need to, like, right now is where I would play a sound or something. Well, what could I play? Could I play something? <laughs> Do I have anything I could, like a warning sound? Hmm, I got nothing. We're at the top of our game here, people. Yeah, oh yeah, just listen in, you know, as we uh, get this done right. <laughs> yeah, no, I got this. So I'm not, here, am I waiting for this? a sound? There we go. Spoiler alert. That's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Um, yeah, we're... we're... <laughs> no? No good? No. <laughs> we are now officially in spoiler alert zone, which we don't do often, because usually we can dance around it. But... <laughs> I thought the noise was so loud. Um, it's got to be loud. We usually, don't, we usually don't have a spoiler alert section, but... This is such a great film. So at this point, if you have not watched it yet, uh, turn off the show and come back after you've seen it uh, if you want to get it together. And you know what? I, there are two kind of people. The kind of people that, that read review that read reviews before they watch a film and the people that read reviews after they watch a film. Mary Ellen, my wife, is someone that reads before. And it, Obviously, it drives... you people that read after. Absolute, Dude, I can't yeah. fucking stand reading before. I do not. not... I don't even want to watch trailers anymore. I know. I, I, I rarely do. You know, um, and, and I have a 30-second... What I did for this episode and what I'm doing for Get Out, instead of playing a full trailer, I'm doing the 30-second TV spots for two mm -hmm. reasons. One, I just want to get right to the show. We're doing the Oscar shows. You know, they're, they're an hour or less. But two, I think it'll also maybe circumvent being flagged by Facebook because or YouTube because it's so short. But even when I was looking for a trailer for Get Out, there there was a few TV spots, and I went through a lot of great lengths to make sure the TV spot that I grabbed didn't give away anything. Because yeah. someone could watch this, and let's say we're, we are going to do a spoiler alert for Get Out, we could get to that point in the show, and if they watch the 30-second spot, if they're like us, they'll have figured it out. It's like, shit, I know what the plot, I know what whatever twist you want to call it is. It just, damn it. So I, I made sure that the 30-second spot didn't have anything that would give away anything. Because there was like three 30-second spots that the movie company, the production company, right. chose to make. I'm, and it gave, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, holy shit, that is a major plot point that they gave away. I know, I know. I got to reel you back in because we're wasting spoiler time. Spoiler alert. So, again, like Scott said, if this is the part of the show where we're going to spoil certain parts of the movie specifically the ending if you are interested in that they've already they've already turned off the show i said it before we're 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 so into spoiler territory people are now like please start spoiling the shit for me because you already <laughs> sold that 5 minutes ago for the love of christ yeah i'm going to jump right in cuz i'm going to point out one thing i'm going to ask you if you notice this go for it all right part of the spoiler alerts again uh um god my man is fucking fried today. I got so much going on. Uh, uh, Sam Rockwell. Blondie. No. Blondie. 
Francis McDormand. No. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, thank you. I my mind is shot. Baldy. Uh, Woody Harrelson, in the uh, in the film, he kills himself and he leaves letters for people. It, did you notice that he wrote three letters? Yeah. Suicide notes. Yes. Three billboards, three notes, three signs. Oh, I guess I subconsciously maybe, but no, I didn't actually put the two together. The the minute. Frances McDormand uh, got her letter. I was like, there's a third letter. There's three three billboards, three letters. This is obvious. It's happening. Uh, that's that's how this film rolls. Uh, well, there's, it's just, well, there's, there's three, significance I mean, in everything. It made sense that there was going to be three. And maybe that's why I didn't notice it. Because one was to his wife, which obviously you knew was going to happen. One mm-hmm. was to Frances McDormand. And then one was for Sam Rockwell. Right. So... After the second one with Francis McDormand, I just kind of expected another letter, but I didn't put it together. It's like, oh, three billboards, three letters. I, di- I didn't put it together, but I was expecting a third. So I guess subconsciously, I'm on the same same page as you, but didn't realize it. Right. Let's put it that well, way. And, 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 yeah, and like the billboards, which are put up to uh, get things into motion. He writes these three letters specifically to get people moving, to, to make it, to help his wife move forward, to help McDermott move on, to help Rockwell move beyond himself. Like it's just, it's there. He successfully does what the billboards don't. Yeah. Yeah. And the billboards started it, but like you just said, he really moved everything at a, at right. At a really fast pace. Well, and he also escalates it by killing himself, which he is even aware of. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, he's, he he's so diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, so he knows that that is a really, really shit hand uh, to be mm-hmm. dealt in life is pancreatic cancer. Uh, so it just, he plans this trip with his wife and his kids, and that's part of the letter that he writes to his wife. And when he narrates that part of the letter... You can't help but feel just maybe even choked up, you know, when he's, you know, reading the letter to his wife. Uh, Yeah. It's just because, you know, you put yourself, if you can put yourself in that same situation. No. (laughs) Moving on. Well, no. Um, Wow, dude. uh, I'm trying to to convey something. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's fine. I'm not going there. That's all. I agree. And I'm glad we're moving on. Um, now, the, the main, correct me if I'm wrong, the main point of the film is about people unable to let go of anger. He says it as much himself. Now, Woody Harrelson, at certain points in the film, is one of those people. He has that pent-up rage because he's fucking dying. Uh, and there's like that scene where he throws the blood vial. Uh, oh, right. I mean, he... He, he's he's a calming force among things, but he has that undertone of rage. But he, the whole point is letting go. Uh, oh, oh, what's what's the fucking that the, the, the restaurant scene? I love that part. What was like what he says? Uh, anger begets anger. You know, she said that, <laughs> and Dinklage is like, she said that. <laughs> and then they go towards. Did you say that? You really say that? I said yeah. It was on a bookmark and that. Look, I was reading about polio. You know the horses. <laughs> now that scene was like like almost crossed the line for me. It was almost the audience, the film telling you too much. But I thought it was 
wasn't as bad as that one scene in Hell or, uh, Hell or High Water when he like just like explains the film and that one part is like, dude, shut the fuck up. We're getting it. You don't need to fucking explain right, it. Right. I, I think it was um, it was a nice tip for audience members that aren't like catching on without actually yeah. saying so. But that's the main. She, she sums it up right there on the bookmark. And that was uh, and, John Hawkins or Hawkins. I should say, mm. plays her ex-husband. And right. I just, every time I see him in something, because he ends up in a Dead lot Wolf. of... No, well, that's not where I immediately think of, of him. I immediately think I, of Deadwood. I know, I immediately think of the store clerk from From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, okay. Where he has that line talking about how calm he is and that he deserves an Academy Award. And now he's <laughs> na now he acts in movies nominated for Academy Awards all the time, and he's, he's never even nominated. no he's been nominated. Okay, never mind. He's been I think he's been nominated twice actually. Okay, so yeah, I still think Deadwood. I I John Hawks, not Hawkins, um, but I immediately and always think of the From Dust Till Dawn cash cashier. Always, it's the first thing I ever saw him in. I thought he his dialogue was, was was pretty good from Quentin Tarantino. He delivered it well, and that Academy Award line, I don't think I'll ever forget it because now, like I said, he's in these Academy Award nominated films, and he's been nominated I, I twice. Still, I still think Deadwood. Well, good for you, but <laughs> that's not what I think of. But uh, yeah, he's the abusive ex-husband who uh, who actually like they even have that little. Re happy reunion scene where, where the kid has to put a knife to his throat. Oh, right. It's, it's just a like dysfunctional family. And so, but here, here's where we get to the end of the film, which is the big thing that I heard people talking about. Uh, and if you don't mind, I want to go first. Go for it. Go, go, go. Just because I'm pent up. I, I had a lot of people telling me ahead of time. People, again, people oh, I trust, the, people that like. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's the knife scene. It's in the slideshow. A lot of times we always uh, sync up. There's the knife scene. And I like that scene, too. Um, because when they finally sit down uh, and everything's calm and she's telling him that she's not coming back and to, and to stop fucking 19-year-olds is not going to bring her back either. Yeah. I like, okay, go ahead. Um, I had people telling me, don't like the ending. The ending sucks. The You're ending. not going to like the ending. Yeah. I didn't have so any problems I with explain the ending. What? I had no oh, problems ahead. with the ending. All right. I'm going to explain to anybody listening who didn't like the ending why I like the ending. Okay. The whole the whole point of the film is that these are people that cannot let go of their anger. Anger begets anger. They, they have this rage. They are unwilling to accept things that cannot be changed. Uh, there, there's no there's no peace because they cannot just let go of this need to, uh, for, for closure or what have you. Uh, she can't let go of the fact that um, her daughter's killed that she didn't, you know, and after they had a fight and she actually said, I hope you get raped. Uh, yeah. uh, what, uh, uh, Sam Rockwell can't let go of uh, the fact that his father died young and he's dysfunctional because of that. And, uh, and, and that he, he's, you know, not mentally capable to do what he wants to do. Uh, now in comparison, Woody Harrelson is angry that he's fucking dying. And, but what he does is he embraces it. Now, literally kills himself right uh but in doing so he he embraces what's happening instead of fighting it instead of being angry about it he comes to terms with it and he tries to share that to them too the whole point of the end 
is that we don't know what they're going to do yet because they're unable to do it. They've, they've, they've found this kind of fake piece because they think they're, they're heading towards closure, towards this kind of redemption um, that both of them have sought but unable to receive. And we know that no matter what happens, they're not going to get it. And they kind of know too. And that's why the, that part of the end is perfect because it, it's not a rap, wrapped up happy ending. And this is why when you say it was a uh, it was a Coen Brothers type ending, list for me the number of Coen Brothers films, and I did some thinking on this, that have an open ending. Well, that's not where I was going with why no, no. it felt Coen Brother esque. Oh, what I what oh, I was I'm getting sure. at with is that it was abrupt. That that it was abrupt, and it fade you know, doesn't even fade to black it just goes to black there's at least uh -huh. two films that do that by the coen brothers and that's what i was getting at and and i didn't say it was a coen brother ending i said that was the I only thing that i felt was even remotely close to a coen brother ending right. again not trying to put words in your mouth no i know I, 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 no, I know i know yeah but but when you say something like that and and like it's like I'm thinking about it because like if you go through every Coen Brothers film, Coen Brothers are fucking notorious for having these storybook fucking endings, uh, where where the, oh, yeah, the yeah, good yeah. person. I'm merely going with its abruptness. That's it. Okay, that's that, that's, that's where I'm going. Weird, but I get I get that. But I'm <laughs> why saying, is it weird? It's not weird. There's it at least two Coen Brothers. There's two off the top of my head I can think of where it ends so abruptly, just like Three Billboards. But does it? But what unresolved? I'm talking about unresolved ending, where we don't have the actual. No, the no, no there's no, no, there's none of it's just. I'm going with just abruptness. All right. Like blood simple, uh, that that's resolved. It's just abrupt. Actually. And um, uh, no country for all men again. Also just abrupt. Well, that's a bit. Uh, it, it, when, when I'm saying when I say abrupt, I mean like, like where you're in, you're moving in motion, and then it's just like, uh, what? It's like that's it. I, I, that's where I, I know mean. it's the kind of film where my mother turns to me and goes, "That's how it ends." <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Yes, thank you. Um, I was afraid it was going to have a clean cut ending. Uh, I knew, I knew it, it wasn't. I knew it wasn't because as well, it was getting closer to that ending, I felt. And this was before I knew anyone like really hated it and, and why, because I didn't know why. I just knew that people hated it. As it's getting closer to the ending, I kind of knew how, not exactly how it was going to end, but what they were probably going to do. I hit Now, here's, here's the weird part. So I've got in my mind where people saying the ending sucks. We get to the point where Sam Rockwell's in the bar and he overhears the guy. Right. Who also and, and visits start... Francis McDormand Mildred earlier in the movie which kind of sets up right. that encounter so yeah so you you already kind of have a feeling this guy's going to show up again and then sam rockwell and he and i call it halfway through the fight sequence like oh shit dna and so i start getting scared because like oh fuck he's got you gonna solve well this i knew crime it was and, dna and, as soon as he scratched his face immediately yeah right i didn't get that the part second he put his I, hand up to his face i'm like dna right you know how many fucking I, it's more than I'd like you, to admit. You, you win this one. You win this one, oh, okay? Stop. It took me until midway through the fight. <laughs> All right? <laughs> but what I'm saying is I started panicking mildly because I was like, oh, shit, this is the bad ending they're talking about. He's going to solve the case, and it's going to be a whole wrapped-up, neat little fucking ending. And then 
when that gets dissolved, I'm like, oh, shit, okay, I'm not worried anymore. That was my concern, is that was going to be the ending. So, oh, we caught the guy, I, I'm redeemed, and she has her closure, and now we're all happy. Fuck you. That's not how life works. <laughs> and and that was you the know, other... Life is sad that, and miserable. That, that, well, that was the other thing, because, you know, I when it, when it ends, I, I lean over to Mare, I said, uh, so what would you think of the ending? I go, a lot of people hate it. She goes, yeah, I can agree with that. And then I had to explain to her about how, you know, that's not how life works. There is a lot of, you know, and I just even broke it down very simply. So there's a lot of unsolved cases that have never been solved and probably never will be. This is sim this is exactly what's happening. It's real but life. And I didn't even get into more detail about, you know, well, uh, about them going to go, you know, kill that guy and what they're going through, if it's even the right thing, if it's even going to bring them closure or anything like that. I didn't even go into that with her because I knew she didn't care. Right. But I just basically told her, real life, and that's what this portrays, if you really want to break it down to its to the core. Well, it, it's, it's like... Um it's like a murder mystery without a murder mystery. If you, th it, I would even compare it to Big Lebowski, oh, Coen Brothers film, where <laughs> where like they, they keep talking about the big bowling match that never happens. Right. This is the kind of thing where they keep talking about solving this murder. It's not about solving the murder. It's about these people who are self-destructive because they can't let go of the fact that they don't have any control and that they can't dictate the outcome of everything that's occurring around them. That's what the story is about. So at the end, they're at that pivotal, and I, I don't know if this is intentional or if I'm re reading way too deep, but you know how a camera car a camera car rig works. You put the rig sure. on the car and it drives, so the camera is with the car. Yes, it's lined up. All right, so right, so I think this is intentional. While they're talking during that last scene, the camera's on the car, and the car's moving. And I swear, and I rerounded a couple times, during their conversation on whether or not they're actually going to go through with it, the car slightly points down and slightly points up and then levels out again. You mean like she's and breaking? For me, no, like like they they haven't decided whether they're going to take the high road or the low road. They're, they're still at an impasse where they haven't really come to terms with how they're going to handle this. Are they going to sink deeper or are they going to rise above the anger? Hmm, that's I might be reading way too much into a mild camera does, angle, does, but that does the camera actually do that? Dip down and dip up a little bit. The car moves. The car moves. The camera doesn't. Hmm. And, and if part of me is like, it's harder to do that than it is just to put a camera, like a car rig on the on the car, yeah. a camera rig on the car, and drive it, or or put them in somewhere. I don't know. Again, I might I might just be too obsessed with the minutia of the film. I'm willing to admit that, but. I really that I I caught that and I was like uh, yeah <laughs> uh, and you know what if if you had a film class that would be a subject you could bring up and talk about and I think oh and I'm sure I'm sure I'd be shouted down yeah I know eh, you're reading too much into it no, that's what I'm saying no, I'm, I'm probably not. wrong now the other reason people well, don't it was like, like the that ending. one thing that you came up with for uh, Raging Bull remember. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but it works. It, it didn't make any sense, but it works flawlessly. It's the, the it's like the left hand side of the screen is evil, and the right hand side is good. Right. I think that's the, I think those are the sides. I'm pretty and sure it that's works what, the whole fucking film. It, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's that those were the the left and rights that you that you said. I mean, that goes back probably over 200 episodes ago of Movie Sucktastic that we talked about that. Well, 
that's like what that's when I was going to the new new school for uh, film. I was like I was. Uh, and didn't, oh. you, didn't you bring that up to your professor? And he was like, "Holy shit! I never thought of that. That's well, brilliant." I wrote a paper on it. I wrote a, oh, I wrote a did. paper on it. It was my yeah my final paper was on Raging Bull, and I didn't I didn't like the film. And uh, I actually didn't come up with the idea. Uh, one of my uh, a friend of mine mentioned it at the time, and I was like, "That's interesting. Where did you hear that?" So I don't remember. So okay, <laughs> so I, I I based my whole fucking paper on it, and it, the, I still have it somewhere. And he wrote, "I've never heard this before, but you make it work," or something to that effect. Basically, he said, "This is, doesn't make any fucking sense, but you made it make sense." I was like, "I'm a writer. <laughs> That's great." <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I I know I have it somewhere. I don't. Throw I'd love off to. I'd, I'd love to read it. I've never <laughs> read it. I just found. Oh, I'll, I'll uh, I, fa- I found a, um, a, a screenplay that you did. Uh, uh, what was it? It was the the Four Horsemen. Oh, the Four Horsemen. I I, um, I, uh, I, I was going yeah, through we, my my storage room and I found it. I still have, I I am halfway through a novelization of that screenplay. I have to go back on that. Yeah, I think this it, original I, title. What? No, I was going to say in in pen. I think I believe it says like second or third draft or something on it. Oh yeah, that that went through a lot of drafts. Uh, the the main problem is the beginning and the ending. I'm not good with beginnings. Uh, for my my first drafts on screenplays never have good beginnings. I'm not good with <laughs> opening scenes. Uh, the opening scenes are fucking hard. They are the hard. one script I the one script I nailed it was sto- was my story of Ricky Western, Violent Legends. Right, which I, which which you know borrowed a little from uh, you know Django, which I really enjoyed. Actually, actually, it blatantly stole from DC Challenge. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dude, uh, come on. There's an there's an episode. I'm gonna tell this real quick because it's important. Very, very, very okay. important. Um, DC Challenge was a comic book back in like the '80s where you had different writers for each issue, and each one like there was like four writer, three or four writers for each issue, and they had sto- separate storylines, and they would leave cliffhangers, and the next uh, group of writers had to like carry on the the storylines. So one asshole decided to put Aquaman in the middle of a fucking desert. <laughs> And so Aquaman, and the, so the next guy has Aquaman like fall down, and the vultures come around him, and then Aquaman grabs one of the vultures because he was playing dead, and kills it and drinks its blood, so that <laughs> liquid can help him survive a little longer. And I'm sorry, that's too good of a western scene to to, to leave in a fucking comic book with Aquaman. I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm stole it. Yeah, that's right. Well, I don't think it's ever going to get made, but uh, maybe I'll yeah. do the novelization someday. That'd be great. I'd love to read it. Uh, anyway, anyway, so go ahead. But, you were you were you were saying something. Oh, real quick. The other reason that people didn't like the ending. Oh yes. Was, and this gets political. Is that Sam Rockwell's character yeah, is read, portrayed I, as a ri- what? I, I read a little bit about why they're getting pissed, and I'm just like, you know, it's a fucking movie. Could, please. Well, even even more than that, I, their complaint was that. Here is a character who is shown to have ra- who's, who is a racist. Now we oh, yeah. we never see him actually do anything racist. Actually, the only people we see him beat up in the film are white people. Yeah. But apparently, at one po- apparently in the past he uh, tortured a black person in, in a prison cell. Which he we denies. never really find out what happened there. He denies it. He says he never did it. And the only other other thing he does towards uh, a person of color is he arrests uh, the the. Francis McDormand's McDormand's. co-worker uh, for a marijuana possession uh, charge. And he only does that 
to bring heat on Frances McDormand so she would be pressured to take the billboards down. Because he, cause he's protecting Woody Harrelson, who is like his idol. He looks up to him. Yeah. He worships Woody Harrelson. And yeah. like when Woody Harrelson kills himself, that's why he beats the shit out of the, the, uh, the, the billboard guy. Right, because it goes all the way back to the yeah. billboards being the, the right. main cause of it. So their problem is this guy is a, is, is a racist, uh, portrayed as a racist. Yep. And at the end, we're meant to actually care for him because he shows a, a desire for redemption. Apparently, you're not allowed to to, to like get better. No, no. The, the, apparently, you're apparently uh, if apparently we don't want racism in the world. But if we have a story about a racist who becomes a better person, we don't like that because he didn't. Uh, I don't know. I, he I guess pay I guess for his, is, He didn't is, pay for his. He wasn't punished. He didn't pay for his crime. Right, I, I guess. I guess the what, what is the punishment for for being racist? What what are we, what are we calling that? Uh, do we want that character to die? If that character had right. died or been left to misery, is that okay? The, it's such a mean spirited, pointless fucking attitude on a film. And I mean, it's not it's like he didn't he didn't go through the film unscathed. He loses his job. Oh, he's fucking, he, he, fucking like third degree burns on his face and body. He gets more fucked up than Bruce Willis through all of the diehards. Right. And he gets the living shit beat out of him to get that DNA evidence. So I'm not uh -huh. saying, I'm not even saying that probably, you know, redeems him. He's okay in the world's eyes. But it's mm -hmm. not like he gets fucked up in this movie. You know what? Shit fucking happens I to him. This is, this is one of those few times where I skew from the left and go a little bit right. But, you know, just because Get Out made a billion fucking dollars and all the white people died at the end doesn't mean that's status quo for every film that involves anything involving racism. Calm the fuck down. Did you just and spoil Get Out during this spoiler alert? <laughs> I'm exaggerating, uh, but uh, I thought we were in a safe zone. Shit. Anyway. Man. <laughs> that's on anyway. you, buddy boy. Anyway. Um, anyway. The total irony is that it's a film about letting go of anger at unresolvable issues, and then you have these people complaining, hey, the, the issues that I'm angry about weren't resolved in here. You need to watch the movie again, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Because you're not getting it. Yeah, no, and, yeah. and a lot, there's too many people that felt that way about Dixon, and I don't, and, I don't, it's, first yeah. of all, it's a fucking movie. All right, it's but not re it's not real life. It's it's it, entertainment it's, for Christ's sakes. They even said like the, the director even said, yeah, the movie was supposed to be ambiguous. The ending's supposed to be ambiguous. That's the point. Uh, I meant to make an ambiguous ending. That's what it is. If you don't like the ending, I don't know what to tell you. Because <laughs> it, it's like it, it's, it, it wasn't even like he was like the hero at the end, or it was like, hey, you can be racist and do something to redeem yourself, and we'll forget about the fact that you you tortured somebody. It's just like, hey. Here's a fucked up character, and he wants to be better, but he's not having good luck. Calm yeah. the fuck down. Yeah. Go watch Get Out again. Relax. <laughs> you know. Uh. You know, and complain that we didn't have. Complain that there's not a. They should just. They should just make a a black Oscar category, best black actress, best black actor. Just do it. You know, just do it. And then they can complain that they didn't get both. Well, I, and, well, that's that's what will come of it if they did that. Well, 
you know, and you hear me say that, and I hate saying that because that's the exact thing that like a Rush Limbaugh fan would say. Yeah. But you know, but you know what? You're not always right just because you're right a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm we saying? Should, we it's should like, save you, all this for Get Out. To be completely honest. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm very curious. To, well, you you said you liked Get Out. I so really, I, re- about- I really like Get Out. I would have been surprised if he didn't. No, I really liked Get Out, and we'll right. talk about but, it when we review it. But so, I, there are reasons why I know that it has no, uh, it doesn't have a fucking shot in hell at Best Picture. Oh no! As much uh, as I like it, as, as far as Three Billboards goes, mm. what do you think? We are, we we know it's not getting Best Picture. It's not getting Best Picture. I think Sam Rockwell will probably walk away with the Best Supporting. And you think? Yeah. Not Woody? Uh, no, not Woody. I, I, I think... I mean, don't get me wrong. I think those are your two front runners, And I think it, whichever way the vote swings, I, I think it's going to be so close that it's going to be either uh, one. Dude. I don't know if I Woody so Harrelson... Hope. I yeah, here's Here's my problem. Okay. I loved Woody Harrelson in the film. And if mm-hmm. he won, I'd have no problem with it. But I think Sam Rockwell's character, Dixon just goes that extra mile for deserving it a little bit more i agree i i i i go if i had to choose between the two i'm going sam rockwell i'm going dixon i i so hope sam rockwell wins not only because he so deserves it but the fact that in this in this whole climate of uh sexual harassment and racism and stuff I so hope they give the Oscar to the to the man that portrayed the racist white male. <laughs> oh, please give him the Oscar. I just want to hear the heads explode the next day. <laughs> please. Please let that be the... Yeah. Uh, um, yeah that, listen, if you deserve it, you deserve it. I mean, that's just the way I look at it. Now, who's he up against? I can find that out super quick. So you got Willem Dafoe. You got Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project, who... I haven't seen that film yet, so I can't make I, a decision based on it. I've been it. hearing a lot. A lot of people are pushing for him. Well, you know, it's not. I haven't like, seen it yet. None of these actors have won an Oscar before. None mm-hmm. of them. Not a single one of them. So, one of these actors, and Christopher Plummer's like a thousand years old. So, if if they're gonna make a case for someone that's getting old that might get it and might not be nominated again, it's Christopher Plummer. So you have that That's for all the money in the world. That's what achievement awards are for. That's right. So then you got Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards, who I thought was excellent. But I think Sam Rockwell edges him. But then you have Richard Jenkins, who I think it's great that he's nominated. But I just don't think, I, I just don't, I just don't think he's getting the Oscar. I just, I really don't. So you got Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, and Willem Dafoe. And without seeing Flor- the Florida Project, I'm go. I'm still going Sam Rockwell. Just that scene okay. after after Woody Harrelson's character dies, and he makes his way up to the main office for the billboards, uh, the advertising agency. That whole scene where the camera follows him across the street, into the building, and- up the stairs, into the room, breaks the window, punches the guy with his gun. Then throws him out the fucking window. That scene alone is Oscar worthy. And might I add, a powerful scene 
where the actor has the camera to his back for the majority of it. That's right. Absolutely. That's. I thought he killed that girl. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Wait, I was like, oh, she's dead. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny, but uh, there, there, there's also oh, a lot really. of there's also a lot of people that say that the film is sexist towards women and the violence towards women, and I just I'm uh, just watch a Serbian but film and I, then and then watch anything else, and you'll look at movies differently. <laughs> See, but here's the thing. Again, like it's sexist because there's violence towards women. I mean, they they show she had an abusive husband. Yeah. It's not played for humor. No, it, it's a part of the character. How would I, I don't understand how that film is sexist? Uh, I, you know, it's it's no, it's it's, not, it's it's critics, YouTube critics grasping at straws. I mean, we're our videos are on YouTube, but we're i don't want to say we're, we're smarter well we probably are no no we but are we, no, we are we <laughs> we're breaking down the film in a much different way we look at all aspects we realize it's a movie at its core it just yeah and there's a, there's a tone and there's a message to the film and having a racist character doesn't make the film racist having a woman in the film being stupid like the young his young girl doesn't make it sexist ha there Talk about a strong female lead. How oh, yeah. is that film sexist? Now, you can say it's sexist because it's a strong female lead and she's not pretty, but how 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 sexist is it to say you have to be pretty to be a strong female lead? And I'm not saying she's not pretty, but the character's obviously not made up to be pretty. Right. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. Um, how sexist is that? I mean, and, we got, they got to look like fucking Melania Trump. And Frances uh, McDormand has a real shot not that at I, Not that I'm saying Melania Trump too. is pretty. I'm just I, I never, names I out. never found her. Well, anyway, uh, Frances McDormand has a real shot at Best Actress too. Even though I really think oh. Sally Hawkins gets it, I, I really think that she's getting it. And potentially, and I haven't seen I Tanya yet. I'm hearing a lot of talk about Margot yeah. Robbie. So th it's right. it's again, for the is first that a time. Film? I don't know. I haven't seen it. it. I mean, but it, even it, if it, it is, it's, it's a fucking movie. Sexist. Even if it is, it's a it, fucking movie. And it's a fucking movie based on fucking reality. Yeah, I, you, you know, is it? This, this, and this is why I get yelled at by people from the left and the right <laughs> because you, you can't fall in the lockstep with either of them. You yeah. gotta, you gotta be able to just say, "Great, he's a racist character. I still like him." <laughs> it's it's, it's Sam Rockwell. It, he could Sam Rockwell could could rape a baby on screen and i'd be in there i'd be defending it he is fucking he's the man that, seriously that, that is a sound clip from my soundboard if i ever heard one <laughs> that you know what that is you know how uh every once in a while we'll put up or you actually do it quite often where you take a movie still and you put a quote from the show mm -hmm. that's one of those <laughs> i'm game <laughs> all right we'll have to do that yeah all right, we should we should end this and move on to get out. We should end this and move on. Now, do we want to rate this? Give it a rating. Um, yeah, I'll bring up IMDb. Let's see if it fucks up my uh, audio because. So we're current. I'm hoping I'm hoping the internet's better in Texas. Oh, I think you're looking at uh, fiber fiber optic gigabit out there. 
you know and, what? If and I, I get close and, enough to work, and fuck I, yeah. And I think a lot of their stuff is run underground. So, yeah. Jesus, I'm liking Texas more and more. I think. I'm uh, not sure. A lot of places out west um, are, are run underground. And you know what? All of that, that should be done here. You, you get a storm, nothing... Right. Ha- whatever. I'm, I'm going to stop this conversation. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Uh, it, it's right. currently 8.3 on IMDb. Right. Hmm. I want to go nine. Yeah. I have to remove one star for Dinklage. <laughs> stop. I, I, if that's what's <laughs> separating it from a ten, I'm gonna have to disagree. But I was gonna say a nine anyway. <laughs> I was going to say a 9 anyway. I think 8 is low, 9 is good. I think 10, ooh, I don't know about you a know, 10. I, I'm really close to 10, but I almost I almost feel like I enjoyed the film too much to give it a 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, sometimes you have to, it's like Nocturnal Animals. You got to suffer a little, little for your art. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we gave Nocturnal I, uh, a 10. I. And I think, I think we gave... Uh, we gave Nightcrawler ten. We absolutely right? did give Night. We absolutely did. I remember. I remember when we give movies tens. Because we rarely do it. Even films we love, it's like ah, I can't get this more than a six. Yeah, it's, there's only a handful, and I don't even think. And when I say handful, five. I don't think we've given a movie a ten five times. I'll, I, I'll have to look sometime because I'm sure my voting history is in here. I always do it under. Uh, oh, I'm not signed in. <laughs> Hang so on. I'm comfortable with a nine. Very comfortable with that. Oh, all right. Now I'm signed in. Movie sucktastic. Uh, let's go back. Nine. All right. I'll, I'll do it a nine. So don't wait for me. I'll, I'll okay. make sure it gets in so there. So I'm going to go ahead and end the show. Yes, sir. So we only went over by about ten minutes. <laughs> we're going to definitely keep That's get not out. Bad. No, we're going to keep get out at an hour or less if we can. Oh, definitely. No, definitely. Get out yeah. is easier. Easier. Yeah. All right, so as always, thank you for joining us for our Oscar episodes. We're doing two a week until we're done with them. This is uh, episode 264 of Movie Sucktastic. You can go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. I just want to also mention, if the site does not load up, you need to update your Flash. (laughs) Uh, Or use Chrome. Uh, Anyway, so you can go to our website. You can download the show there. You can listen to the show there. You can come and hang out with us live every week i've just added a new player to the website where you can uh, join the chat room you can watch videos that we put up every week and you can tune in live with us every thursday at eight o'clock we'll have to start monitoring that chat room when we record well i have it up in front over here uh on oh, okay, my end. i don't yeah <laughs> Mr. Um, that has nothing to do with it <laughs> it's like there's absolutely zero no, I can't have three web pages open while we talk, or my audio goes all wobbly. Oh. Well, maybe you should shut so it your, does have you should shut your Plex off. Or I should move to Texas. You can have worse internet in Texas. I don't know. I, I don't think so. Well, if you're in Dallas, it's a major city. You're probably going to have awesome internet. I'm close enough to Dallas. Well, I'll, I'll have awesome. You probably uh, will have. Yeah. I mean, you're close enough that Google, the, the Google Gigabit, uh, might be out there. Yeah, I want my hand. I love FiOS, but if I get my hands on some Google, oh, baby. Music's going to run out. It is. Okay. Uh, you can go to our uh, go to iTunes. You can download the show or listen to it there as well. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. 
Everything we talk about from trailers to when we go live to just movie news gets posted there. You can go to our Tumblr page at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. You can leave us email. The address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. If you want to leave us voicemail, which we will play on the show if you do, is 908-514-4470. You can also download the app for your Android devices. It is 100% free. Everything I said is in it. I use it all the time to listen to our show in my car. It is fucking awesome. My wife does the same thing. It's fan- it's awesome. And it just you just queue up the show, hit play. If your car has Bluetooth, even better, which mine does. If it doesn't, you hook it up with an audio cable. You can't fucking go wrong. If you don't have what either kind of, of those, what audio cable would you recommend, Joey? Uh, I would recommend a uh, 3/8 inch headphone jack cable. That's what I would recommend. Yeah, that that'll work good. But you also have to have an audio jack on the uh, on your stereo to do it. Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was going to answer it, even though I knew what you were I doing. Know. That's why I was. That's why it's funnier. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show. We uh, oh, thank you for joining us. Do you have any words of wisdom, Mr. Wilson? Oh fuck. Um. I mean, I only asked this. This is like two hundred and. Like fifty plus episodes, I've asked you this. You'd think you would be more prepared once in a while. And you know, here's the music I, fading out. I got a lot going on, so goodbye. Goodbye.